On today's episode, we'll be visiting with Cheryl Garnero, who's running for County Council District 17 as a Democrat. She's running also against Joey Russo, an episode you can listen to and then will be published at another time. Joe Dill is also invited to ride along with us and do an interview. And at this time, we have not yet scheduled one. We're hopeful that we'll have an opportunity to interview Joe Dill in the future. I hope you enjoy meeting Cheryl. So welcome to the 503, Cheryl. For our listeners, I'm riding here with Cheryl Guarnero, who is one of the candidates for District 17. Um, and I'm really excited to have you here on the bus with me today. So welcome. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. So you are... Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about you're running for county council? Yes. Tell us what brought you to this um, to be one of our candidates. Is this the first time you've ever run for office? Uh, yes, officially, especially down here in, in Greenville. Um, okay. So a little bit about myself. I am originally from New Jersey. I moved here at the end of 2019. Um, personally, been involved. Um, I have family members. My uncle's an assemblyman in New Jersey. He's been doing that for over a decade. Um, and so I've been involved with his campaigns and had that experience there, as well as um, just being in, involved in the local community where I was living in New Jersey throughout the years, um, being a part of various environmental committees, planning committees, um, and really understanding what it took to uh, help communities as they grew and, and what kind of challenges they faced along the way, depending on where they were at in their growth. Okay, well, speaking of growth, I mean, for some of the individuals I'm talking with, they've lived in Greenville for maybe a long time and seen the the boom here kind of over the many years. Um, But if you just got here in 2019, you're still going to be able to say you've seen a boom here. So it's been a busy few years here in Greenville County. What are your thoughts about all the growth and the change that are happening right now? Um, Growth is always, I think, really great. It is an indicator of a really healthy community, whether it's a city or a town or a county. Um, I think one of the sayings I read was, if they're not growing, you're just kind of stagnant and you're almost, you know, things start to die out. Um, There is, being from New Jersey, and I grew up about 30 minutes outside of Manhattan, and then um, in my adult years lived uh, still in northern New Jersey, but a little further west, about an hour away from Manhattan. Um, and out that way, there was a lot more rural, uh, agricultural land, a little more space. Um, so I've kind of seen neighborhoods go through so many different evolutions. Um, ones that were farmland that got developed into housing developments, like what's happening out in your Greer and Taylor's, um, and others that were already very well established and have a, a beautiful history and culture and different uh, dynamic and diversity. Uh, and watching how that changed and that allowed me to really see not only what worked in those situations but also what didn't Mm -hmm. and so moving to Greenville and seeing what was already happening and also kind of being able to predict the future because I've seen it already (laughs) in in New Jersey um, knowing what it looks like to integrate all the pieces of the puzzle not just creating new homes for people, but keeping culture and communities so that the people who are currently living there don't have to move elsewhere. Um, the impact it has on the surrounding environment, especially with the Pretty River downtown. I lived in New Brunswick, New Jersey, which is the home of Rutgers University, and the Raritan River runs right through that whole area. And seeing the you know, 
the negative impacts that overdevelopment can have and knowing I'm Greenville is where I'm staying. It, it's my forever home. I love it here. And wanting to see the development around here happening responsibly because it's it's possible to have that balance of responsible development um, that is beneficial to the community. Um, along those same lines with all the development that's coming down, the intention right now for the county council is to complete the unified development ordinance within, you know, probably hopefully the next six months. Um, I would knock on wood, but there's not any wood on the bus. Um, so knock on molded plastic. Um, but what I will say is it's, they, they're putting out the, the modules now. So we've got module one that's already been released, and then two and three are on their way. And we should see them in the next couple of months to begin to get feedback. What are some of the things that you're noticing already in that process or, or things that you may hope to see out of the Unified Development Ordinance when it's completed? Well, I'd love to see it be as comprehensive as possible. Because really, that is the theme of having that. Because the point of making it unified is is there is a lot of, like, it's not congruent. There's not a lot of connection. There's people in towns and in the county and the city kind of operating all independently. And I love that there is this idea and it's actually happening bringing it all together in, in a grander picture so we have it all in one location and it's very accessible by everybody. Um, some of my feedback for that, there's some really great things that I'm glad that they are taking into account. Um, for example, the difference between zoning and what's happening when you have somewhere that's a city that meets up against farmland, let's say. Um, and trying to alleviate uh, the impact that that's having for people who want to grow in that area and also being able to keep in mind what communities want. Um, Some of the feedback I have for it is that um, two-thirds of the county is unzoned. And with that creates huge problems across the board because there's no plan. And if you have no plan for two-thirds of the county that you know is going to grow, how do you plan for that? How do you plan for mass transit? How do you plan for roadway development and maintenance? How do you plan for infrastructure like water lines, sewer lines, things that uh, are going to be needed as expansion happens? Um, And so that's something that's very concerning (laughs) to me, especially being in District 17. uh, Most of our district is, that is it. We are not zoned. We have a lot of farmland. We have a lot of state park. And while there is preservation, um, there is not a whole lot of rules. So a lot of what I'm seeing up there, and this is actually something that's permitted by the county, which I'm not super thrilled about either, is what they're calling mass grading. So when you buy a piece of property and a developer wants to build, they need to grade the property, especially up there because we're in the foothills. So you need to make it flat to build houses or as flat as possible. Um, And they are allowed to just come into however many acres they've purchased and rip out all the trees, level everything and leave a giant open space of dirt, which creates own, its own problems with runoff and dirt in the roads and in the streams and, the trees and so on and so forth. Um, 
but it 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 creates this issue of just uh, you know you're you're changing the landscape drastically, and there's no rules for them, and that is kind of scary because that means that they can purchase something, uh, you know, near a, a water body and have really bad impacts on that water body, and there's no real rules to enforce, and also they can just build giant mansions and not account for most of the people who live here and looking when they're looking for housing either. Um, there's a lot of different things that definitely could use a bit more clarification in the ordinance. It's quite long. I could probably talk for an hour straight on that. But those are kind of my current big concerns. Um, you know, and it's very important with mass transit, this planning is very important to allow everyone accessibility. Well, and along those same lines, so you just mentioned mass transit and growth, just kind yep. of those two things together. So let's let's kind of follow that train of thought mm-hmm. for a minute. When we think about the anticipated growth in Greenville County, it's something like we're going to, I believe the statistic is 47% increase mm-hmm. within t- by 2040, which is going to take us to close to three, million, three quarters of a million people mm-hmm. living within our county. With that in mind, how does mass transit, how does GreenLink fit into that equation as either a way to solve some of those problems that are going to come with that growth or as a way to um, respond to some of the needs of those you know people that are coming in? Um, so mass transit is always vital when you are expanding a city within the city and just outside the city. And this is something that I uh, was experienced um, when I lived in New Jersey throughout my whole life and um, realized the importance because, you know, everybody already is complaining about traffic, and, and rightly so. Um, compared to some major cities, it's not as bad, um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to. So, you know, first things first, to take the burden off our roads and the infrastructure and honestly just the amount of cars on the road from an environmental perspective and, and um, many different points of view, mass transit does a beautiful job of, of that, buses especially. Um, and it provides anybody who doesn't want a car, because there's, I mean, if you look at Manhattan, most of the people who live there don't own a car because it's so comprehensive with its transit. Um, and, you know, people who either aren't able to, you know, have the means to afford a car or just don't want to, um, it provides them an option um, and a way to get around, which is incredibly important. Um, it increases safety because then you don't have individuals bicycles down main roadways, walking down the sides of roads, which happens quite a bit um, uh, that I've seen. And especially up where I am, there's not there's no standard sidewalks because there's no zoning <laughs> that makes that mandates sidewalks. Um, and so it, it becomes the lifeline for that area. It really does. And making sure that it's handled comprehensively. You can't just haphazardly say, okay, we're going to have buses. And then have someone kind of figure out good routes, but not really have good times that people need to get to and from work. And especially with what's happening with a lot of industry. You know, we already have BMW and Lockheed Martin and Boeing and Milliken and a number of medium and large sized companies that are bringing lots of jobs here. 
And I know for a fact that the city, the county, the universities, uh, they're all very much in support of not only creating businesses here and fostering them to grow, but bringing more jobs and more business to Greenville, which is definitely something that I support as well. Um, And when you have these large companies coming in, um, it's beneficial to have buses that are able to bring people to work and from work. Uh, It alleviates the burden on them, you know, having acres and acres of parking lots for cars. (laughs) It alleviates the communities, the, you know, the congestion from traffic, accidents rates go up. It helps the overall safety of the entire community. Um, And it's, it really truly is an integral part that can honestly make or break an area sometimes. A lot of people, when they talk about various cities with really good public transit, that's a highlight and a benefit for people to come to live there and they enjoy that and I know personally if I had the option between driving myself from where I live to downtown I would much rather be on a bus and there's been plenty of times I've like logistically figured out okay if I park and travel I can ride my bike to downtown Greenville the whole way using the Swamp Rabbit Trail but it's going to take me like an hour and a half right <laughs> it's not always a real Especially in the middle of the summer when it's 95 degrees outside. You won't be in a good state once you get there in an hour and a half, right? Unless you go really fast. So you're just all the way downhill, right? Feel good the whole way. Well, and I think, I mean, you've made some good points around quality of life that I think, um, I certainly believe that transit can help us um, improve quality of life for lots of people for lots of reasons, whether or not, whether you choose to ride because you just prefer that or because you need to ride because you don't have another way to get around. Um, Some of the things with, so... Uh, Greenville Connects did a campaign over the holiday season called Transit is Essential. And in the video series we put on social media, we had highlighted some of our riders who are essential workers during the pandemic and had used GreenLink to get to and from work in order to serve us in the hospitals, right? So they were working in that way and keeping the community safe and healthy. They were checking out people from the grocery store, right? Making sure we had food. They were working in restaurants, all that sort of stuff. Um, what do you think about when people say that transit is part of economic development? Um, do you see that connection as well? Is that something that um, that you find that that investment is important so that we can do? Because we do all sorts of investments in economic development for lots of different things. How does transit fit in? Um, I agree. It is very important to economic development. And especially in, from a planning perspective, If you have an area, you know, if the county or the city, mainly the county, uh, has an area that they want to designate as a, a, say, they want to develop it as residential, let's say, or um, just in general creating a space where it's a mixture of residential and grocery stores or things like that, and then having jobs downtown, it is, it's going to, even if that doesn't exist yet, it's just part of the plan, by extending service into those areas already existing, it's going to foster that economic development. And I think the best way to make it, the best example to make it um, very understandable by everybody is look at the Swamp Rabbit Trail. It's not necessarily a form of transit specifically, but it allows people to use a form of transit, bicycles, safely and very quickly get to up towards Traveler's Rest. And prior to the Swamp Rabbit Trail being there, the town was... Um, not very economically productive. Mm-hmm. And bringing that to the town is what's 
kind of cause the boom of economic development there um, all around. So absolutely, it's essential. And I think that one doesn't need to come before the other, but you do need to have a plan for for what and where you're going to um, to put stops and, and service. Okay. Well, when we think about economic development and that plan that you talk about, so um, to preface this question, in 2018, <laughs> county council voted to increase with their budget. They voted to increase their kind of their line item for Greenville Transit Authority or GreenLink. Um, to at this moment, they um, are about 60 percent of local funds come from the county, and about 40 percent come from the city. Mm-hmm. And of that amount, at this point, we're around $8 per capita for users um, is how much is, is the investment level. For our peer cities throughout the state, they're in the 20s, 30s, $40 per capita of investment. So we're still way behind where other cities are either, and, and by say state, also around the region, so not just mm-hmm. in South Carolina. So with that in mind, how do we invest more in transit to get this system that we need and want to have? Um, not just for who we are now, but who we are going to be with all these other people coming. So first, how how do we get that investment? And what kind of ways would you recommend paying for that? So I think the investment definitely needs to... The funds need to come from a very set of sources. Um, and I'm very proud of the county investing as much as they have. But again, there's sometimes a limited... Uh, they're limited and. and based on not only fiscal reasons, but also legal and ethical reasons that they're, you know, not able to provide as much funding maybe as they want to. Um, But, you know, some of the resources, what's already available um, and is potentially going to be available in the future as well, is funding from the federal government. Right now they've set aside um, $1.1 billion um, for low or no emission mass transit, so buses. Um, and that includes not only purchasing the vehicles, but being able to provide uh, funding for training uh, for individuals who are going to be hired to drive the buses, as well as funding for administrative fees and costs that come along with a lot of what is involved in a transit system. Um, you know, and that's that's grants that are available that just need to be applied. For. Um, and with that regard, you know, there is, uh, sometimes it has to come through the state. So that is then falls back on our county representatives to really talk to our state representatives and put some pressure on them to make sure that we're being factored in to, and, and, and honestly advocated for. Somebody's in there saying, hey, waving their hand going, we would like some of that money here's our proposal for what we need and where we're putting it, you know, and sometimes that's all that requires because the state legislatures are so busy that unless somebody's standing there waving their hand at them, um, they're not necessarily able to pay attention to what's happening out there. They can't see everything all the time. When you look at the difference in, you know, where you've lived before versus Greenville, um, what are some of the things that you like most about the community here? Um, Well, I really, I mean, I love the combination of, um, you know, of nature and urban ecosystems and spaces. The people and the communities are, you know, just so welcoming. And the fact that there is the support, regardless of, you know, and I say communities not just as a physical sense, but 
um, communities as like a, a personal sense, whether you are a business owner or uh, somebody that likes to play volleyball or, you know, somebody who is just advocating for their community where they live. Um, you know, I live up near Slater and Marietta and we're all coming together to put together a plan to submit to the county to tell them, hey, this is what we would like our community to look like as it grows. So can you please incorporate that into the, you know, into your ordinances, into your development plan? Um, so that that sense of community is invaluable. And I really, really think that that is an integral piece of, of what makes Greenville so appealing to anybody who's coming here and what makes people want to stay who have grown up here or maybe they've left and come back. You know, it, it's that charm. <laughs> It is a charming place. I agree with you very much. There's yeah. a lot of that that's here. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for being here and riding the bus with me here um, all the way out to Furman and back. So we're just for our listeners, we just turned around to the Furman gates and we're heading back into town. Um, is there anything, Cheryl, that I neglected to ask that you'd hope to share with us today while we were together? Um, just like to reiterate that I'm running for county councils, uh, District 17, um, the best way to identify what district that is. I mean, it's to look it up online, but I'm one of my opponents is Joe Dill. Um, so anyone who's in the Traveler's Rest area, uh, parts of Greer, Taylor's, Landrum, um, pretty much everything north of TR for the most part. Um, I'm always, I, I want to hear from people. I want to have these conversations. I'm not, I don't want to operate in a bubble or a vacuum. So anybody feel free to reach out to me. I have a website. I'm on social media. Um, and, you know, it, this, is, this isn't a me thing. It's an us thing. And that is, I'm just here to advocate for what we want and for the health of the community, Greenville community, what we'd all like to see. Um, so, you know, I'd love to just talk to people, really find out what, you know, I have, I have already had lots of conversations um, and I look forward to even more. And I'll be throughout the year from now until November hosting uh, events, town halls, just meet and greets, chats. Um, and I'm always welcome and happy to sit down and talk with anyone personally and listen to what they, they, their needs, wants and, and what they would love to see. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Cheryl. It was really great talking with you. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Bussin, the Greenville Transit Podcast, has been brought to you by Greenville Connects and is produced by the Greenville Podcast Company. Please make sure to check us out and give us five stars so everybody can find us. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.